0: Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is Frederick Beekner. Grab a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles or crochet hook and join us. Let us introduce ourselves. I'm Pastor Amanda Zensalo, and I serve as the pastor at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm
1: Don Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, we're gonna have to start with who this person is because you seemed very sad when I was like, I haven't heard of him, who is that? Especially in light of their passing this week.
0: I feel badly because I feel like I have failed you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so start from the beginning. Who are we talking about? Frederick Buechner was, as of this week, he died on August 15th, so just yesterday Mm -hmm. as of when we are recording this. We are recording on the 16th, and he was a Presbyterian pastor and a writer, and Think of him like another Mr. Rogers. Oh, okay. Like another Presbyterian pastor who wrote beautiful words of kindness and beauty and gentleness and joy to craft and shape an understanding of the world that is just this gentle movement towards the kingdom of God. So the way that Mr. Rogers did it was through public television and children's education.
1: And wonderful songs.
0: And wonderful songs. The way Frederick Beekner has done this is through his incredible writing and his publications. So he wrote 39 published books oh, wow. in his lifetime. And there are these little gems, these little quotes and these little gems, and the way that he could take a concept that is really huge and really gigantic and turn it into something that could be grasped and held gently on your fingertips and understood. And I would say Frederick Buechner is perhaps one of the most influential writers in my own articulation of theology and in spirituality. So He's particularly important to me. Where did you come across this author? So I came across him in my first year of seminary. Okay. Like, it's a silly story, but it's a genuine one. So I lived on campus Mm -hmm. at PLTS, and we would go down the hill to an area where there was like a couple of restaurants and a good Starbucks to study at and two different used bookstores. And in one of the used bookstores, there was a really good used religious books section
1: that didn't
0: get as picked over as Telegraph Avenue's used bookstore. Sure. So like Moe's used bookstore down on Telegraph Avenue Berkeley would get really picked over because more of the seminaries were down that way. But over on Solano Avenue, where these two used bookstores are, there wasn't quite as many of the seminarians that would make it over there. Nope, you had a fighting chance. You had a fighting chance. So in that particular one, I think that it was Pegasus Books. They had a copy of several of Beekner's books, but the first one that I picked up was a devotional and it's called Listening to Your Life. And it is a 365 day devotional book with little snippets, of his writings from all of his different books okay and so you get a flavor of a whole bunch of them from all kinds of different perspectives of his writing out of this particular devotional and so i would say it was probably within the first two months of my seminary education that i picked this up okay and started reading it and then i would buy it every time I saw a copy.
1: Of that book in particular or of any of his writings?
0: Of that book in particular. Okay. And I would start to give it to people as a gift.
1: Oh, fascinating. Okay.
0: And then I started like collecting his books when I would find them in any of the used bookstores. There were five used bookstores that we would go to on pretty much a weekly basis Mm -hmm. while I was in seminary. And so when we would go to any of them, I would be watching for Beekner books and look to pick them up and bring them home. And some of them I've given away through the years. I've probably given away two or three copies of his ABCs, his Theological Alphabets. He's written these books that are beautifully accessible. One of them called Whistling in the Dark that is like, A seeker's alphabet book, one of them called Wishful Thinking, that is like these books that just go through the alphabet and take theological concepts for each letter of the alphabet and do like a paragraph on them. And not like a Pauline paragraph. Okay. Like 250 words, like maybe two and a half tweets. Okay. Right? Short, little bits. And this is all of course before social media like Mm -hmm. he published these before this was normal (laughs) and so he'll take a concept like sanctification and make it accessible and so they were these amazing books to be able to hand to someone and they're thin they're small they're not gargantuan They're accessible books of rich theological concepts written in a way that you can begin to encounter some very hefty concepts without feeling like you don't know anything and they're invitational and beautiful. But again, they're concepts that can challenge you for decades. So a quote that you will probably recognize, but you wouldn't necessarily know, is a Beekner quote. Okay, which again, to Pastor Beekner, I apologize that you don't know is his. Is vocation, and the definition of vocation being where the world's greatest needs and your deepest joy meet. Well, that is a lovely little example because that's pretty fabulous, right? Mm -hmm. that that is the true definition of vocation. And then he goes on to explain that you could be a physician and be serving in a place where there is clearly the greatest amount of need. You could be serving in a jungle and meeting the world's deepest need, but if you are miserable doing it, that that is not your vocation. Mm -hmm. But when you are finding that place where the world's greatest need and your deepest joy both combine. That is your place of vocation. You know, and he gives the example, vocation, vocare, comes from to be called. And it's that simple. He explains it in this simple little paragraph, but to then live out the understanding of vocation, but to spend a lifetime trying to find that place where your greatest joy and the world's deepest need meet and to hold that as your guiding star for vocation, that's a lifetime's pursuit. That's what Frederick Buechner does. He finds that. Another sentiment of his that I have spoken over and over and over again through the years of my ministry is to pay attention to your tears. Oh, okay. Because your tears tell you that something holy is going on whether it is something that is holy in joy or holy in sadness, tears tell us to pay attention. That is Frederick Beekner. That comes from his writing. And it is simply true. It is simply a truth. But those are the kinds of things that he writes about. And they're stunning, and they're simple, and they're not 18-syllable words, but he just points to the holy and the divine in this glorious simplicity that is deeply lovely. That's fascinating.
1: So in addition to this book that you would give away, which I'm hoping you will repeat the name of what are the publications of his, would you recommend to people who are fascinated and want to learn more?
0: So listening to your life is the devotional. Okay. And I highly recommend it. You can easily get copies of it online. Sometimes you can find current copies of it that are not used, like new copies of it. Is it one of those things that like people are going to write in, or is there something else going on? Well, it was published in 1992. Okay. So it just may be hard to find a current copy of it. Okay. I think I've found it in like a new public copy of it, new published copy of it sometimes, but pretty rare. I've most often found used copies of it, and I haven't found them written in. Okay. But I just haven't found new copies of them. But I like to give them as wedding gifts. Okay. Especially when I was younger and didn't have much money to give for wedding gifts. Mm -hmm. To remind them to stop and listen as they entered into their marriage. So that's one that I would highly recommend. And then if there is a particular reading within that that you like to go back to the back that tells you which publication it's from
1: oh that's right because you said these all come from different bits and pieces of his writing
0: exactly and then to find that publication and follow up and purchase that publication and the alphabets are really great they really are fantastic so again wishful thinking whistling in the dark those are fantastic little books to access alphabet of grace They're really lovely little books to kind of dip your toes into. And then there's a whole other kind of series of books that he's written, Son of Laughter, which is written from the perspective of Sarah's son, the Son of Laughter. He was born from when Sarah laughs. Hmm. Okay. So there's other books then that he's written that you can go into from there.
1: I'm fascinated by the fact that it's a Presbyterian pastor. When you are out looking for authors and whatnot, how much do you put into play or worry what the denomination is of the person that you're reading? Or would you even have found this person if it wasn't for seminary because of that?
0: Honestly, I didn't know that he was Presbyterian until I looked up his Wikipedia for us to do this. (laughs) Oh, fascinating. Okay. (laughs) So I didn't know his denomination. I knew he was clearly a grounded theological writer, but I didn't know his denomination. But his theology echoes with my heart's theology enough that, that it made sense. His education, again, looking at you know, his basic statistics, went to Princeton University, Yale Divinity, Union Theological. It all makes sense Mm -hmm. that he's very, very esteemed, strongly based in a solid theological education and a generalized theological education that gives this incredibly sound base for a strong articulation. He was recommended to me by someone that I respected. Like, Uh oh, that's a good book. You should read that by like a fourth year student. Mm -hmm. Again, we were in Berkeley and we were attending a school that was specifically all the different denominations within our different seminaries, Mm -hmm. right? So my seminary was attached to what's called the Graduate Theological Union. So I took classes from SFTS, which is San Francisco Theological Seminary, which is the Presbyterian school. And I took two or three classes from the Presbyterians in my seminary education. So we were very, very ecumenical within our seminary education. We could take up to 50% of our coursework from our ecumenical partners there in the seminaries that were a part of our partnerships. Mm -hmm. And so it wouldn't have made a difference, I guess is what I'm saying, Mm -hmm. that simply because of where we were going to school— it would not have mattered that they were not Lutheran. Fascinating. So when you were at
1: these other bookstores and you were with your friends, did you ever find yourself like fighting over certain copies of his books or was there enough to go around?
0: <laughs> um, that's a great question. And I don't remember. I think I snagged them pretty quietly. Nice. I'm sneaky. <laughs> When it comes to things like sushi and used books before my concussion, Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't share well. (laughs) That's hilarious.
1: (laughs) From this devotional, is there another piece of work that has a concept of his that you are really were fascinated to read more on in a larger piece of writing?
0: Absolutely. So there was one of the devotions... And actually I think that my mother may have caught it and pointed it out to me or we both caught it and pointed it out to each other. It was interesting. It struck both my mother and I really powerfully. Mm-hmm. And we both talked to each other about it. And then we both went and found the book that it came from. And I think that the excerpt, I don't know what the date is, but the expert might be called hands. And the excerpt is the description of They come from miles around to visit me, to be healed by my hands. But it's not me they are coming to see because God is using my hands. My hands are just gloves for the hands of God. And it was this concept of hands just being gloves for the hands of God to work healing through. And mom and I were both incredibly caught by this particular striking piece of writing. So we both looked up which book this was from. Mm -hmm. And it was from the book called Godric. And Godric is a book written from the perspective of a hermit saint, I believe in Ireland. And he removes himself from the community and lives in the hills. And people will come to Godric for healing and for blessings and for teachings. Is this a book of fiction or based? Mm -hmm. Okay. And so it's a fascinating style of writing. It's very different. It's very stylized. It's just a fascinating book. It's a little bit poetic written, but it's still prose. It's fiction and it's faithful and it speaks about God and it has these incredible concepts in it, and is challenging and beautiful and revelatory. It's just a really fascinating book. And it's at moments like, Godric is just this cranky old man who really wants everybody to just leave him the heck alone. Sure. And then these moments where he surrenders to just being the gloves for God. It's so powerful. It's just an incredible book. And so that that's the example for me, that reading it and listening to your life, every passage that came up from that book just kept like plucking at my soul strings. And my mom felt the same. And so we went out, we each got a copy of that book and we've both read it and loved it.
1: Well, now I gotta ask, cause I think I got a slightly different understanding of the kind of writing that Frederick would do. I was assuming it was going to be theological based, and it was going to be sort of chicken soup for the solely. But you're telling me that these are snippets that are pulled out of primarily fiction books told from a religious or
0: whatever background? All of the above. All of the above. Okay. All of the above. It's a mix. For folks who have come to our Ash Wednesday service, Mm -hmm. the back of our Ash Wednesday bulletin has the lent passage from listening to your life on it from Mm Beekner because it's this yeah it's a wonderful if if this is where we begin we begin with sackcloth and ashes then perhaps it ends with something yet more beautiful he writes all kinds of things an incredible vast array
1: that's fascinating that's going to lead me to my last question
0: Is there a favorite publication of
1: yours that you haven't mentioned yet? Something else you want to call out for people?
0: My favorite that I've read so far is Godric. Okay. And I will say that I, as a gift, humbly received the gift of a collection of all of his works that are in there in my office. Wow. And they are a treasure in my office. Sadly, after my concussion, reading is more challenging for me. Mm -hmm. I find listening to audiobooks is much more accessible for me now since then. But I have lots of copies of his books that I would happily lend out if there are people who would like to borrow and to take a look at them. They are welcome to borrow them, but they are a treasure that I have. And I hope to slowly and gently take my time continuing to read through them, especially perhaps since we have lost him this year. Yeah, another sad loss for humanity. And yet a gift that we have his words. Mm -hmm. I think that as we recognize that so many saints are dying, that it's okay to let them go and to let them be at peace and to let them receive their baptismal reward and to be grateful for the gifts that we have received from them and to honor their memories. And so I pray for his family and his loved ones for peace that surpasses understanding. And for those of us who have been deeply influenced by the gifts that he has given us that we could take intentional time to remember them and honor them and maybe even double down on honoring those gifts, but to release him with joy into the light of God's love, allow ourselves to mourn because that's important mm-hmm. and and let it be okay for life to come to an end.
1: Excellent. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about Frederick Beekner. I look forward to sitting down with you another week on another topic.
0: As do I. And I hope that you all have a wonderful week. Enjoy the beautiful weather, whatever it may be in the place where you are located. And if you are looking him up, his name can be difficult to spell. So let me spell that out for you. It is B as in boy, U-E, C as in cat, H-N-E-R. Look up Frederick Beekner. find a book that might spark some curiosity and may it be a blessing to your future. Until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you no matter what.